welcome everyone to uh, my regular podcast, Conversations of Spirituality in the Urban Yurt, and what that means to them, um, how they practice their spirituality. I'm really aware actually this morning, it feels quite noisy in here, City Airport seems to have changed its flight path and there seems to be aeroplanes flying right over the yurt. But that's why it's called the Urban Yurt. Oh. And we can also hear bird birds. songs. That's what I that's what I focused on. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous birds as well. So hopefully that's not gonna disturb us too much, but just add a little background. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have with me in the yurt today Alison Skeet. Hello. A long time <laughs> friend. Um, from from way back when um, I remember Alison setting up a gorgeous garden project um, in the urban environment um, determined that all concrete spaces should be covered in green Um, and then we've come into contact again recently and I'm sure she'll tell us about her new project as we go on so welcome Alison really good to have you here yes lovely to be here so maybe just to, to start off, maybe you just tell us a little bit about who you are, um, maybe a little bit about your background, any faith yeah. background that you were brought up in. Okay. Um, well, I'm 53 years old. Um, I was born in a place, a little tiny place in Essex, in Brentwood, called Hutton, which is just a, a very, very, very small place. Um, my upbringing was wonderful um and i often say um I, life felt like little house on the prairie when you see that that little girl in the opening credits skipping through fields of daisies that's kind of what my upbringing felt like how um, and i went to um a little school called hutton village primary school which was really really small it was down a little country lane um, next door to the school, there was a rabbit warren, so we did lots of all sort of nature studies and a lot of stuff like that. That a lot of my urban friends are like, "What on earth was is that all about?" You know, they're like, "How come you know this tree and this bird?" And so, but that's what I was brought up on. Then on the other side of the rabbit warren, there was a really lovely church. I think it's a, a, a Norman church. I think it might be called All Saints. I'm not quite sure. Um. So at school, it was, you know, we were brought up as, as C of E. Although my parents, my parents didn't go to church. There just wasn't really much speaking of God in the house or anything like that. Uh, my mum did send me and my sister to Sunday school. Um, I kind of got it because it just seemed like an extended version of assembly that you would do at school. Um, so I was used to that kind of singing hymns and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, didn't question it at that age. Um, the church that I said that's near my school, we had our harvest festivals there and, and the Christmas nativity and stuff like that. And you know, I remember being in, involved in all those kind of things. And but when I look back, it's all it's all about kind of um, there's the physical stuff that you did um you know that you were dressing up as a shepherd uh, that you got when you went to sunday school that they, they gave you this sort of stamp book and it was more about oh i'm going to get this stamp and but not not really fully understanding what it was about getting a palm cross oh look this is great um i remember they brought these um this american couple in one time and they spoke about the seven deadly sins 
and they brought these brown paper parcels um, and each one had like, you know, the, the whatever that sin was written on it. And I remember them talking about jealousy and they were holding up this parcel. And I'm about, probably about six or something like that. And I remember thinking, when are they going to open it up? When are we going to see what's inside? And because the word was jealousy, I just connected it with jelly and, and was quite disappointed they didn't open up any of these parcels. Obviously, I don't know what on earth they were talking about. Um, and then when I was older, um, probably sort of in my 20s, I remember saying to my mum, why did you send me to to Sunday school and she said well I thought it was for you to sort of make your own choice if you wanted to go to church or follow a religion and I was like but I was five you know how on earth would I be able to make that decision um and I think I start probably started maybe in my early 20s to kind of I think I wasn't really interested in church I guess I kind of saw it as sort of boring I like to go in in churches but I, I really like the the old ones I like you know um you know I can see in my mind that church that I'm telling you about from my childhood you know it's a really 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 beautiful and I do feel a connection to it as I was christened there my sister was christened there my sister was married there both my parents their ashes are buried there so I kind of feel that connection in that way and it's also a really beautiful place i'm sure if it was sort of on the you know on the side of a roundabout somewhere in an urban area i probably wouldn't have any interest in it at all but that's kind of about as strong as that connection is um i did start to question things probably in a similar way to a lot of people where i'm like well if you know um, you know, all these dreadful things that happen on the earth and everybody's saying about God and I don't really get it. Um, I, I met When I met people who were uh, telling me that they were God-fearing but had some really weird ways of living their lives and, and had some really quite nasty traits about them, I was like, well, how can that person say that they're that way but they actually show themselves in this way? And I felt with some people it was almost like um, like them having some sort of insurance. That if I go to church and if I say my prayers, then, you know, when my time comes. So know. this is in your 20s when you started questioning yeah. what it was all about. Yeah. So I went, I, I, I can tend to be someone who's a bit sort of black and white, like I'm either into this or I'm not into this. So I went, oh, that's it, I don't believe in God. So I had, you know, lots of conversations with people. Uh, I remember going to a christening of, uh, you know, I, I have no problem if it's if that's what you're into. I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with that. I just don't want you to push it on me, and I won't push my thing onto you. But I remember going to uh, a friend um, had a christening for his daughter. Um, we went to this church. And one of the girls that came with us, when we got to the church, she said, "Oh, oh, is this a proddy church?" And I said, "It was." Is, yeah, is, is that a problem for you? She, well, I'm Catholic. And I said, well, are you coming in or aren't you coming in? And the fact that she kind of had to make this big deal about, well, you know, I'm Catholic and, you know, they're kind of honoured that I'm coming in. You know, and, I, and, and she said, um, uh, well, what religion do you follow? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't follow. Well, you must do. And we're in the church. We're in the church, as she's saying this to me before, before this um, christening started. And she said, well, you believe in God, don't you? And I said, no, I, I don't. She said, well, everybody does. And I said, well, I don't. And she sort of really wasn't sort of happy with, 
with me sort of saying this. Um, and, uh, yeah, that... So at that time, I was very kind of like, no, you know, no, I'm not seeing any proof. I don't really get it. Um, then the older I'm getting now, sort of <laughs> 53, when people say, do you believe in God? I'm like, I don't really know. Um, I think through the, you know, uh, the roots that I've come, which kind of started as uh, learning about positive thinking and then going more into sort of meditation and chakras and all this kind of thing. One of the things that I'll say to people, I'll say, I, I do believe in energy and I do believe that there's there's good energy and there's bad energy and there's light and dark and all these kind of things. Um, and if that's what you call God, then I guess that's God. So you've explored meditation and the chakras and all these things. Have you done that? in a group with a community or is this something that you've that has been a personal exploration um originally uh like I, i'm i'm mentioned about positive thinking so i have a uh, a friend andrew who you've already met now and julia's a, she's an example so, you know she's brought up as a catholic but she has this other spiritual side to her and uh I think she's drawn out of me that, you know, it's almost like I'm sort of fearing God, like you've got nothing to fear, you know. <laughs> and she's also made me see that, you know, you can have one foot in this camp and, you, can have, you know, you can do both or neither, you know. Um, she led me towards um, a lady called Lois who was running um, a year-long Kabbalah. So I... And my friend Andrula had had been through that, and she said, "Oh, you might want to try this." So I went and I met her, um, and every two weeks we'd go to her house. There was a, a group of women, so we, I think we started off. I think there was twenty of us, and by the time we finished, there was twelve of us. And she just took you through this whole journey. Um, some of it I remember, some of it I don't. Um, so would you like to say a little bit about what the Kabbalah is to you? Oh, gosh. Um, just, just some, oh. some people listening might not be familiar with the Kabbalah. Well, I'm not sure if I'm fully familiar with it because um, I think a lot of people wouldn't have heard about Kabbalah that they um, might have been through Madonna and then things that I, I've read about what she was doing. I was like, I don't recognise any of that in what I was doing. But what we did was we... It, Lois just took us on this spiritual journey, um, and what I liked about it is, is there seemed to there were elements of different religions within that, and I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm kind of a bit more about this, where it's not like this, but it's that rule or that rule. It was like you know, and and I was starting to see, well, I'm seeing that lots of religions seem to be saying the same thing, and the problem seems to be the, the human part of it that you know no it must be our way and, and that's like well why can't we all be right you know so um in these sessions we used to do you'd be there for a, a good two three hours and you would um at the beginning there would be um there would be a sort of a talk and a connection between that group of you know as is anybody been um, experiencing any problems or is anything coming up for them and 
and what you'd find a lot of the time in this circle is that um, a lot of the time the person you were sitting op- opposite, a lot of time you might be going through similar things. Mm-hmm. And I guess in these weeks you were sort of starting to connect and bond with each other. Um, and so very much a community experience. Yeah. And 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 sitting with... I mean, I, I find that so often. You, if somebody starts talking, when you're really open <laughs> yeah, to, like, oh, to being wow, honest in is, conversation... Yeah. You have that, wow, yeah, yes, yeah. that's, that's really it has a resonance with me. Yeah, and mm. and what I like is you when you went through, I, I can't, I can't even remember because they, you do this this whole thing of the of the tree of life, and you're going through, going up through this tree. They actually get you to to draw all the connections, and I think they're called sephiroths. I can't remember the names of all of them, but. At the at the lower point, because and they're all connecting with your energy centres, your chakras. So I'm starting to learn about that as well. And at the beginning, it's kind of about your past and your family, and and you know what you're learning from your family, and what you're picking up on there, whether it's a positive or a negative, um, and certain things that you might feel that you need to kind of drop from that. Um, and some of the things, uh, like they seem like little things, but certain things that I noticed about myself which are they're quite sort of childish so when she'd sit you in this circle I kind of went back to that stage of whoever was sitting here to my right or to my left it went back you know like when you were at school you're like, oh, no I want to sit next to Julie and I want Susan here so if there was a person sitting next to me who I wasn't feeling sort of that connected with I'd be like mm. And I started to realise, oh, you need to look at this. Why have you got a problem with her? Well, she's not, you know. And I, I you know, I, I had this. I've always had this thing about kind of like coolness, being with the cool girls, and you know, and wanting to be part of that group and feeling that I'm not cool enough. And whatever. so I'd be like, oh, I don't think of her as really cool. And then I think, well, you know what? That's really judgmental. So I started to kind of look at that in myself that you know this person might be different to you but maybe she, maybe she's been sat next to you for a reason you need to kind of learn from that and so it's kind of opened my mind to different kinds of people as well so it wasn't just a kind of doctrine or a something that you have to believe but the Kabbalah for you was much more a sort of personal development yeah yeah opportunity yeah yeah definitely definitely um one of the main things that I can remember from it, like what you would do is you'd have this sort of connection in this talk at the beginning and then you would do, we would do a meditation which would probably be about 40 minutes and uh, Lois would t- take you, talk you through. You would start in this garden and this was going up through the chakras and what, was, what did you see and da, 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 da. And there's that part of me that's going, oh, am I, am I kind of just you know uh, uh, kind of opening myself to suggestion that you know oh this is happening that's happening but did I see this or did I feel this and it's a lot of that sort of questioning that goes on there um but I I did really really enjoy it I did really enjoy it and but the main thing I can remember from I mean this is this is now I did that in oh gosh the year 2000 so it's nearly 20 years ago um the main thing that I remember from it is she spoke to us about your power and not to give your power away to other people. And I just thought that I was quite fascinated by it. I was like, wow, you know. That's, that's. And I think I kind of had been someone that, that 
could do that in that kind of people pleasing way. Oh, I'll come your way. I don't really want to come your way, but you know, it seems to make you happy. I learnt all that. Then in 2003, I met my my daughter's father and completely let that go out of the window and gave him every bit of my power that I possibly could and then some. Um, and I do believe meeting him, I, you know, it was, a, it was a horrendous time. It was an absolute emotional roller coaster. It was a, 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 quite an abusive relationship with him. And, um, but I think that that was necessary because I think the universe is saying, you're not listening. We said, we, you know, we gave you this information about staying in your power. Um, okay, if you're not listening, let's. <laughs> Let's really amp up the volume and going through that and coming out the other side of that relationship, which was nearly five years, um, I was like, okay, I, I, I get it now. I get it now. Wow. So that lesson is learned, and I think if, if that was the way I had to learn it, that's so be it. Um, but I do, um, I'm, I'm always coming back to positive thinking and I always say, uh, you know, out of every negative situation, there, there's, there is always a positive. You always learn something good out of it, you know. Um, so, yeah, so... So w w was there something there at the end of the five years or coming sort of out of the abusive relationship, was there something that was supporting you? Yeah, yeah, there was. I mean, um, before I um, did the Kabbalah, I went to um, a mind, body and spirit show, a great big show out in Brentwood. And um, while I was there, there's a guy approached me and said, oh, we're doing, we're giving, I'm doing sort of 20-minute uh, Reiki sessions. Would you, would you like one? And I was like, what on earth is Reiki? And he's like, oh, it's a healing thing. Okay, so there was. I was with a, a friend, and she went to one person. And I went to him, and we hopped up on this bench. And you're in this huge place, you know, full of loads of people milling around, um, which made made me learn that you know what, I can meditate in, in the middle of thousands of people. I don't have to be kind of sitting in the middle of the field on my own or whatever. Um, and I had this Reiki session, and. When I'd gone there, I'd, I'd, had, I'd been out the night before and I had a massive hangover. And when I finished this session, I was like, the hangover had gone. Um, I felt like I could sort of, like, jump a 20-foot wall. I was, like, completely full of energy. Um, the experience that I had and, and what happened to my friend was completely different. I, I remember saying to her, what about those colours? And she was like, what colours? And I was like, those colours that were sort of coming, they were like fireballs of all these different colours. And she was like, no, I didn't have that. Um, and that's something that were, you know, it, I guess something was kind of unlocked there. And I loved the feeling of that and what I saw. And I'm, I'm quite a sort of a visual sort of person. And, I, you know, I was sitting, like I said, seeing these sort of massive fireballs of colour come, sort of coming into that sort of third eye place. And then they would sort of come towards me and then fade and then another colour would come. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, I've never had as strong an experience as that, but I do still sort of pick up on on that colour thing, um, and so that sort of 
that took me towards you know the whole thing about meditation and chakras and stuff like that um and I'll, I'll do that on my own I'll do that in groups um if I go to someone and have I'm very into sort of alternative therapy so if I have reflexology or massage that will all start happening um and I feel that that's a part of the healing process as well um so yeah I, I that's I think that's more kind of the way that I've the, the direction that I've gone in that you can um you know stuff around healing mm. um when people say to oh yeah well I was, I'm going to go and do this Reiki course and I'm going to do this, you know and and they'll say, well, do you know anything about healing? And I say, yeah, I can, I can do healing. What kind of healing do you do? And I say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. A friend of mine said to me, oh, it's just Mother Earth energy. Well, what do you do? And, you know, and I just say, I want to rub my hands together and, and ask the universe to bring some energy through there and, and do it that way. So that whole thing of, you know, you've got to do a course or you can't. You know, when people talk about, oh, well, I'm a Reiki master, and I just think, oh, my feeling, I might be wrong, but my feeling is that we all have that in us. And it's just whether you want to bring that out or, or not. Which is not a problem <laughs> either way. So you have a sense that you have a healing gift? I think everyone does. I really I really do. Uh, you know, things like, you know, if, if you're a mum, if your child falls over and bashes their arm, the first thing you do is you put your hand on it. Everybody does that. If there's nothing else, say, oh, you put, put your hand on it, you rub it or whatever. And and that just seems like the, the most natural thing to do. So um, I'm now at a point where we're talking about, you know, the, where I've been kind of worried about God or I don't, I'm not sure. I'm now, I'm now at a point where I'm kind of like, all right, I think... It's not going to hurt if I, if if I call on you, you know. So if I'm doing every every morning when I get up, um, and I ground, um, I do that. I did that this morning when I walk the dog. So when um, we're walking in the park, I'll stop at a tree, put my hand on the tree. I'm very into nature, and I know that I pick up on the energy that's that's out there with the trees and plants and the earth put my hand on the tree and just imagine the energy that's coming up from the earth through my hand through my body you know um and i ask you know god can you come and help me mother earth can you come and help me angels of light can you come and help me um and i ask for any negative energy that's in me for that to be cleared for healing to be sent to me um for to be for me to be protected with light a shield of light and i ask for the rest of the world every person on this earth to be sent healing for it to be sent to through through the earth to every animal to every plant to every building to every vehicle that's on this earth you know that's that's what i, I ask for every day 
Um, so, so that's your spiritual practice now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you see it? Would you would you call it a spiritual practice? I, I guess it is. Your I, what, you, what you said at the beginning. You said uh, what uh, my grounding, my yeah. my daily grounding when I take the dog for a walk. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel because I, I can be quite a chaotic person, and I rush from this thing to that thing, and you know, um, I'm finding that my days seem to be more productive when I kind of start the day with something solid. Right, okay, we're going to stop, we're going to ground, rather than sort of fly out the bed, pick up the phone, check emails, social media, which I think most of us do, and we just go crashing into our day. Um, and and, and I've, I've watched that pattern that when I, not every day it would go wrong, but, it, you know, if, I, if I'm not, um, being aware of that, and if I'm not grounding, I can. I've watched the day kind of roller coaster. Like one thing goes wrong, and it pops another thing off of another thing. And I'm watching it in other people as well. Oh, this has gone wrong, and that's gone wrong. And, you know. Um, so, and I th- and I think a lot of that is because we just go here and into the day. So I'm. I try to take. You know. It's it's such a small amount of time. It's two three minutes. You know, to just take, you know, take three conscious breaths, ask for the day to be abundant, kind, happy, healthy, let it be a wonderful day. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I keep coming back to positive thinking. I don't know if that's a, it's a spiritual thing, but it's, that is a theme that runs through me. Um, I believe with my family I, I had this wonderful upbringing um both my parents have passed away now my dad passed away when I was 26 he was 65 and my mum passed away about five years ago she was 83 and my dad was really positive and but I didn't really realize until he'd gone you know my dad would always be like oh, okay today's not been good but tomorrow will be better and I've kind of picked up from that as well that you know Oh, this is a new day, we can start again, you know, um, and not to kind of hang on to that, oh, oh that all went wrong yesterday, so probably today will be even worse, you know. Yeah. Um, and just keeping things simple, keeping language simple, um, how I live, I, 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 I'm getting rid of more and more stuff because I find it just it re- seems to cloud my head. And I'm like, what have I got all this stuff for? Um, and even things that, you know, like books, where people always sort of talk about books in quite a sacred way, that, oh, you can't throw a book away. I'm like, well, no, but you can give it away. Mm. I, I know I'm a person that if I've read a book, I don't tend to keep going back to it and, and reading it. So why don't I pass it on to someone else? And, you know, I I, I like to, to live with sort of not a lot of clutter because I know that when my house is cluttered, my head is just... Oh, you know, so it is about just for me. It is it's the the simpler that I keep my own environment, the more focused I seem to to be. I'm a, I have been a massive procrastinator, and I, and I, I I put out I I put together a, a website for for my business, and it said, oh, you can do a blog, and I've never done a blog before, and so I did my first blog. And it was about procrastination. And the amount of people that came back to say, oh, I do that as well. Mm. And I was like, oh, I thought it was just me, you know. 
So, you've just mentioned your new business. Yes. Meditation. Meditation. Talk a, talk a little bit about, about, about that. Well, um, I've set up a website which is called Skeetsy. And within that, I, I chucked my job in a couple of years back um, and decided I only, uh, the job that I was doing was making me really unhappy. And then I decided, right, I'm going to regroup and look at the things that I've done in the past and the, the work that made me happy and the skills that I've got from that. That's what I'm going to put out there. So I put this website together, which is kind of covers about three areas. So one is meditation, which we'll come back to. One is um, what I call the carpenter's daughter. Because my dad was a carpenter and he taught me some, some basic skills. And I make um, raised beds and wooden pots for garden and stuff like that. That's a completely different skill. And then I've got this other side um, about positive thinking. I can sort of teach people about positive thinking. But as I've made this website, I'm starting to see, hmm, the thing that's kind of standing out for me the most and the thing that I enjoy the most seems to be the meditation. And I can see the sort of carpentry side kind of being pushed to the side that that might be maybe more of a hobby or, you know, but I'm not maybe not going to push that so much with the, with the business. So meditation is something that... Um, I came across, I, I did a, a course with a lady called Jane Mason, um, which was about setting up a, your own sort of like mini um, baking empire, and it was about teaching people how to bake. And most of the people that were sort of that were setting up through her, she calls us all bread, bread angels, and I kind of like that, that was what pulled me in, this sort of angels thing. Um, they're all making artisan bread, and I really struggle with that with this sourdough. I, don't, I still don't know how to make. I've been doing this for sort of about four or five years through her. I still don't know how to make sourdough bread, and some of it feels really complicated. But I can do the sort of the very basic stuff. Um, so I started to the, the job that I was doing back then. Um, I started to bake bread and take it into work and sell it. Um, and one day I had loads of orders for that, and I had all these dough sort of bubbling away in my kitchen. And a very close friend of mine called me up and, and was in a terrible state. Said, "Can I please can I come around and speak to you?" She was all over the place, and I was like, "Yes, but I'm in the middle of bread making, so you might have to help me with that." Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So she came in the house. So I said to her, um, "Just did this. It was just like completely off the cuff. I just could see she was in a terrible state." I, I had to get this bread made. So I said, "Right, I'm going to give you these lumps of dough, and I want you to completely." <laughs> knock the hell out of them and get because she got I could feel she was, she was so angry she was so tearful she was going through a very messy divorce and I just said look everything that you're you're feeling at the moment towards your ex just take it out on the on the dough so she had some and I had some and but I, we did it like with our backs to each other because I didn't want her to sort of feel conscious of me looking at her or anything like that and she went for it, and I could hear some crashing and bashing. She was throwing the dough down on the kitchen counter, punching it and whatever. So we did that on, we had 12 loaves of bread to make. And then we put all the, uh, the bread in the oven and sat down and made her a cup of tea. And she, she I said to her, okay, what, what, what came out? I knew, uh, you know, what all the thoughts that came out. And she told me how she was feeling and... And she said, oh, you know, I, I feel much better for kind of getting all of that out of my head because it was, just felt like such a, a weight on me and I didn't know what to do with it and I felt like I couldn't think straight, but kind of 
bashing the hell out of this dough has sort of made me feel better. And uh, we baked the bread, and then um, I made a point of, I said, when we put the bread in the oven, I said, well, you know, we've put a lot of anger into this, and I don't know if it's a good idea for us to be, you know, angry bread afterwards. So, um, you know, if a call on God or, or the universe or whoever you want to call on to sort of bless the bread. Um, and uh, when, when it came out of the oven... We had a cup of tea and put some jam on the bread and it tasted really nice. But what I got her to do is all the thoughts that she had, I got her to write them down on little slips of paper and scrunch all those little bits of paper up and put them in the, the mixing bowls that we'd uh, made the dough in. I had these really big metal bowls and then we set light to all of those thoughts. And now all of this that I'm doing is completely off the cuff, just little bits and pieces that I've picked up here and there. It just seemed helpful. And so she took the rest of her bread home. She called me up the next day and said, oh, my word, what did you do to me? And I thought, oh, God, you know, she's going through some horrendous healing crisis or something like that. And she just said, I feel so much better today. This, you know, everything just seems clearer. Alison, what we did yesterday, you need to do that as a workshop. And, and, and that's how meditation was born so it's kind of it's a mixture of bread making mindfulness meditation and it's just a way for people to just get stuff off their chest um so my tagline with it is clear your head and make some bread oh wow that's great <laughs> There's a, luckily you can do there's lots of pun, bread puns that go on that i've sort of been drawing on so um i now do that with individuals either from my home um, and I've recently worked with um, the company HelloFresh that do this sort of this box a box of ingredients that they send you with a recipe and um, I, I know the the lady who's the head of the HR department and she was like can you come to us and do that with our staff and I'm starting to learn that there are companies out there who um, really do value their staff well-being and their understanding that um you know, people have lives outside of work and sometimes they've got problems going on. Um, and things like predation can help because what we're doing is we're not asking them to, you know, um, necessarily share what those problems are. Because a lot of people, especially, it's quite an English thing, isn't it, that, you know, oh, therapy, oh, I don't want to be bearing my soul. So what we're doing is when people are needing the bread they do it in silence they let all those thoughts come up they write those thoughts down they don't have to share it with anybody and then they just set a light to it or sometimes we do it on posh loo roll and flush it down the loo and um so that's what i've started to do and um and i'm, I'm you know i'm learning that there's more companies that are realizing you know that they're if they don't value their staff, what will happen is they they will leave and then, you know, a new person comes along and that company's got to spend, then spend money on training. And, whereas if they do this, say, a once a month meditation or, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing companies that do it offering yoga to their staff, mindfulness, meditation. Mm. How fantastic mm. is this? Because this is something I, you know, I've been thinking for years. What if companies did this? And now I'm starting to see that slowly it's it's inching in um and then and wherever i go 
everybody that you speak to is telling you they've got some level of stress. So I'm like, yes, well, let me let me help you with that. So that's you know that's where I'm at with that, um, and also the the positive thinking. Um, I'm looking to sort of do workshops with people around that, um, and. What I'd like to do is, I think there's a possibility to sort of combine the, the two. So you could do meditation at the be beginning of the session, dump off all your stress and your fears and your anger and whatever it happens to be, and then, you know, have a lunch break and then go into sort of the positive thinking side of it and come out a little bit stronger with that. So that's that's what I'm doing. Um, wow. Um, uh, you are such an inspiration. The meditation sounds absolutely amazing, and it's it's really good to know that you're available for doing that with individuals or with groups. Yeah, an absolute inspiration. Um, it's been so good to talk to you. Thank you. Um, just as a kind of final question, just um, aware of the troubled times we're living in, often feels quite chaotic, and the politics and the climate change and all these things. What um, what brings you hope? In because uh, you said earlier you're a very positive person, mm. and I can see that mm. the the energy and the the hope and the life. I mean, it just exudes from you. <laughs> if I was to ask you just to put that into what a couple hope? of sentences, what is it that brings you hope um, in our times? People people bring me hope, um, and community brings me hope and that's what I feel we're sort of coming towards um I'm in some ways I'm, I'm kind of pleased that there's that, that there's all this chaos going on at the moment because I think then it makes people question that is this how we want to live is this how we want to be governed and then they, they start to come back to themselves and say well actually I could do this better and if if I do this with my next door neighbour, we can band together. I mean, you know, I've come to you because, and I, and I've brought other people to you because we're saying we, you know, we want to live in this in 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 a kind way and in a happy way. And I say this a lot about you know, we just want to kind of live in this normal way. All you you know, you, all you angry negative people. If you want to live that way, that's fine. You can live like that over there and we're going to live in our happy world over here. If you want to come and join us, that's cool as well. You know, so I I feel it's it's about people, it's about community and it's also about communication that we've got to stop being scared of saying I'm really worried about this or I feel like this because everybody feels that way. And I'm realising we all think that everybody else has got life sussed and we're the only one who's rubbish at it. And in fact, if we kind of band together and support each other a bit more, uh, we're just going to have an amazing time. So I'm ever hopeful. I'm ever hopeful. that, And, and it's, I can feel it starting to happen. I feel this sort of underlying movement of people. And, and you know, social media, when, it's, when you deal with social media right we're connecting in all sorts of ways um so beautiful yeah. so i love that uh, what brings you hope people <laughs> community yeah. connection yeah absolutely don't be gorgeous. scared of it yeah yeah and that is that is how i know you that's what <laughs> yeah. always inspires me about you when i see you i see an excitement for connection 
and excitement for people. Yes. So thank you, Alison. Oh, thank you. Thank it's you been so I've really much enjoyed this. Thank you for having a, a conversation with us. And yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks a lot. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you everyone for listening to my conversation in the Urban Yurt with Alison Skeet. What a gorgeous conversation. What an amazing, energetic woman. So beautiful. If you'd like to know more about um, Alison's work, particularly the breditation, uh, you could go to her website, which is www.skeetsy.squarespace.com. Skeetsy is S-K-E-A-T-S-Y, but I'll, um, I'll try and add a link anyway so that you can follow that. And I know she has a workshop coming up on the 25th of November, so if you're interested in that, then do go to her website. So thank you for being with me today, and if you'd like to hear more conversations, please do subscribe to my podcast, and I look forward to being with you again. Bye for now.